When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Hello, Penn State fans. It's time for the first of three Blue White Breakdown podcasts this week. Dave Jones is here for the commentary, the analysis. I'm here for the eye candy quality for all the uh, female viewers and listeners. I'll do the best I can to keep up. But Dave, how are you? How are things going? It's Combine Week. Big week for Penn State's program. We're going to get into that, but how's it going, man? It's Combine Week, huh? I am really excited about that. <laughs> we can expect you're going to be you're going to be following very closely. I know that, and I know this is probably other than the start of spring practice, maybe your favorite time. For Penn State football. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about the combine because I do think it's important. Um, Penn State has eight guys uh, in the combine. I actually thought they could have easily had a ninth. Ellis Brooks, their leading tackler, their middle linebacker, did not get a combine invite. I thought he was more than worthy of one, but they got, they got a lot of guys at a lot of different positions, Dave, including the kicker, Jordan Stout. And the reason I want to talk about him a little bit is I just wonder, all indications are these guys are going to, it's going to, it's going to be another testing clinic at the combine where a lot of guys do very well. Jahan Dotson, uh, Ebiketti, Jaquan Brisker, Brandon Smith, those guys are all freakish athletes. And I think it's going to get the Penn State fan base riled up when these guys are going to get a lot of praise and put up all these numbers because they finished seven and six. So I just think it's going to be a little bit of a polarizing a week for Penn State fans because I think the better Penn State does, the more angry they're going to be about 2021. Yeah, and it's happened before. Um, we yep. are hearing we are hearing that uh, Jahan Dotson going to be the first wide receiver maybe drafted. Is that where I read that? No, you know what? I, I I don't. I I think he still has a chance to go in the first round. Dave, but the guy that as we get closer to the combine. That's why I wish we could have seen him. The Arkansas receiver that didn't play in the Outback Bowl is, yeah. is no, kind, of become, kind of become the consensus guy that, man, he could go in the top 15, top 12. A lot of people like both Ohio State wideouts as well. Jahan's certainly in the first-round conversation for sure, but I don't know that it's a lock he would go in the first round. I, I hope that he does, and I think he's going to test very well. But Penn State, Penn State could have two kids go in the first round. They could also have – you know, a couple guys go in the second round and third round. I think they could have eight or nine guys drafted very easily, Dave. The more guys that do well in uh, Indianapolis, I think the little bit warmer the seat is for 
the current coaching staff. What I what I did read is that he he had the best hands. He might have the best hands at the combine. Right? Yes, yes, yes. I've, uh, I actually saw on Twitter one guy who really likes him, and you know the guy, Greg Cosell. They shared like a write up he did on Jahan, and he is a huge Jahan Dotson fan. He just thinks that. His catch radius, his ability to run routes, his acceleration, his willingness to go across the middle when he's not the biggest guy in the world, all work in his favor. He also thinks he could play inside or outside as a receiver, even though he's not the tallest receiver. So that's he really, really, really thinks he can be a special player. But you know, there's a probably there's probably going to be some guys that aren't as optimistic. But man, when you watch his tape the last two years. Um, I, I you just there's not too many receivers I think that did more in college football than he did, and maybe faster than we gave him credit for is what I also heard. Yeah, I think, he, yeah I think he. We've talked about it. I always thought the defenses that played him, they never gave him enough respect for his speed dating back to the start of 2020. I mean, he was running he was running guys by guys that had angles on him, and it was like they they didn't realize how fast he had become. I think he had gotten a lot faster maybe since uh, that 2019 season, the first year that he started. And I think he was even faster in 2020. And this year, if you didn't have over-the-top help on Jahan Dotson, he was going to go by you and it was going to be a touchdown. Maryland learned the hard way uh, in that game at College Park late in the year. He consistently made big plays. And I just remember our guy Matt Millen telling me before 2019 season that he said, Jahan, and this is before he even started. He is he, John Dotson reminded him of Paul Warfield, and I'm like, whoa! Uh, and it turns out Matt uh, was right on the nose because he's I, he's a legit first round talent. You correct me if you don't believe this, but I think the uh, the time where we really saw what he could do was the loss, not yeah. this year, but last year against Ohio State. Do you remember that? Eight and, for one forty four and three. Yeah, yeah, and coming up against. Um, wasn't it Sean Wade? Yeah, Ohio State cover corner who was supposed to be all that and Sean <laughs> Wade. And he pretty much abused him the entire game. Yeah. Not only in running by him, but running routes and then fighting for 50-50 balls. He he, mm-hmm. he caught a number of those where he kind of hustled out muscled Wade. And yeah. that was when we knew he was going to be a special player, at least the first indicator that, that you could you could really tell. Um, I, I think the Arkansas kid you're talking about is Traylon Burks. Is that Traylon right? Burks? He's a big receiver, and everyone now is in love with the uh, Debo Samuel, uh, the, the guy that can affect the game as a runner too. And Burks is a guy that is a big receiver, even I think bigger than Debo. But I think that they are. That's that's the that's going to be the if somebody trades up to get a receiver, it will probably be somebody moving up to get him because he's a big guy that can cause all kinds of problems because. He doesn't have to be wide open to catch the ball, like you said. He can he can just, you know, Chris Godwin you, for, for lack of a better term. He can just make the catch, a contested catch. And then if you miss on him, he's gone. Now, what I think what you were getting at before as far as putting heat on the staff is yeah. that there have been a number of players, including even on the offensive line during the Franklin tenure, who yeah. were not great players at Penn State but then have developed into dependable pros. Uh, across the league at different position. I don't think you would count Jahan Dotson as somebody who's overlooked. So right. if you – I've got somebody in mind 
yeah. who might surprise everybody and that, that would really piss off the Penn State fan base if he develops into a dependable pro. And the same thing I read about Dotson's speed and his catch radius, uh, this guy also was touting this defensive player for the Nittany yeah. Lions. Can you name who it is? The guy that the guy that uh, the the perception is that he underperformed at Penn State. Uh, it would be Brandon Smith. Um, the guy that's that's, helped him, that's the one. <laughs> the guy, yeah. I uh, and and there are a lot of fans that uh, really thought he he did he under he just was going to be better than he was. I still think I would not I would not give up on a on a physical talent like Brandon Smith. This guy is six three two forty five. I tried to get a hold of him on the phone. Last week, I talked to his dad. His dad, he's not doing interviews right now. He's just solely focused uh, on training for the combine. The only problem, Dave, about the combine is it's 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 like training for the Olympics. Like you can have a great combine, but that doesn't necessarily mean when you play on Sundays in the NFL, it's going to translate. I mean, he is certainly. Uh, he, you look at the guy and you think he is he could be a Pro Bowl player. It didn't help him. That he came out a year early. I thought he could have definitely benefited. Like Jesse Lucetta, you know, Jesse Lucetta before the 2021 season, I don't think anyone viewed him as a draftable player. Now, he came back for a fourth year. He did some more work in the weight room. They converted him to defensive end, stand up, and with his hand on the ground. And he really just had a phenomenal year uh, at Penn State. And he's tore it up at the Senior Bowl. And now I'm hearing he could go in the third round. But you think about Think about a year ago at this time. Nobody would have probably said that if he had come out for the draft. They would have said he was crazy. I still think there's time for Brandon Smith to be a really good player. I could see him having a great combine. And I would also argue, Dave, that, I don't know, with with linebackers at Penn State, Brent Pry obviously knows how to coach linebackers. But when you have a guy that can run like Brandon Smith, I, I, I thought he spent too much time like out in space in coverage. I would have liked to have seen him at the line of scrimmage the last two years instead of the, just this last past year. And I think he was still learning to be a box linebacker this year. I just think his best football is ahead of him, but you're a hundred percent right. I saw a couple of scouting reports about him. He's going to be one of the most polarizing players in the draft because of how he looks, how he runs, how he's going to test. And then there's going to be some people question some of the things that he did at Penn state. I am still all in on him. But I, I agree. I think a lot of people are going to be talking about Brandon Smith going into the into the combine and coming out of the combine. Now, what do you do with a kid like that if you're a GM? A famous ex-GM that we all know, Ernie Acorsi, yeah. once told me that the combine, he never trusted the combine, especially right. with guys where he had the tape. He said, right. you always trust the tape. Right Now, if what you say is true about Brandon Smith – Yep. And and he does test out well. What do you well, trust? Do you trust yeah. the tape or right. do you trust the combine? Do you trust these figures when he's running in shorts and doing yep. tests or you, do you trust what he did on a football field? And where do you divide how he was yep. deployed from what he can do? Right. The, the actual on-field workouts is, is, is just part of it. They're going to get interviewed. Uh, Penn State's Pro Day will be March 24th, which is coming up. What's it about three weeks, something like that? I would imagine Brandon will be at Pro Day, so there'll be an, another kind of workout and maybe some individual drills that they can put him through. But there's going to be interviews. But I was thinking about this as well. If you if you view somebody as a top 100 talent in the draft, 
but you're not sure if he's a top 100 football player. What's the risk reward? How, where are you prepared to take that player? In other words, because you know, top 100 usually is the first three rounds in the draft. You know, the fourth round you're getting into 100 plus. So the guy looks like a linebacker. He sure runs like a linebacker. He's strong enough to be a linebacker. Did he? Did he have some up and down moments at Penn State? He did. But I still think he also had some really, really nice moments at Penn State. But I have seen some of the write-ups about him, and I just – I think I might be one of – I would gamble on his upside. I, the question is, where do you gamble on it? Where are you prepared to pull the trigger on a guy like Brandon Smith? If he runs 4-5 or 4-4-8, you know, and, and, he, and he, he's agile, you know, he's going to do some jumping stuff, and he interviews well, how is that going to change your opinion of him? And what are Penn State's coaches maybe going to say about Brandon? Because I'm sure – you know, scouts and GMs are going to be talking to them as well. This isn't a perfect comparison, but what would you have done last year at this time if you're a GM with Jason Owe, now Adolfo? How do you say that? Adolfo yeah. Owe? I think it's Odafe. Odafe Owe. It, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the guy really performed a, a dangerous defender who you, you, you should have to account for. Who really didn't yeah. do a lot, but but the the imperfect part of the comparison is that yeah. his disappointing season was during a COVID season. So you don't you don't really know what to do with that. But otherwise, it yeah. kind of is a comparison, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he was still the the Big Ten. I think the the Big Ten coaches did vote him first team. I, he was either first or second team. But what I would say though with with Odafe was even though he had no sacks in twenty twenty. And I think he played eight of the nine games or seven of the nine games. He got hurt, I think, and missed. He got hurt in the Rutgers game. He was in the backfield a lot. So he was getting into the backfield, but he was not finishing. He he could have actually had four or five sacks. He lived in the backfield a lot. He had a nice game in the very opening game against Indiana. He did just awfully well at the combine, actually faster than Micah Parsons, which is still astounding to me at almost 260 pounds, but – I would bet you that not everyone had a first-round grade on him like the Ravens did. So that's the thing. And when you have 32 teams, Dave, you don't need all of them to be in love with you. You just need one or two of them to be in love with you. And sometimes that's – I really think Brandon's really a fascinating player, and I really think, boy – if he bring if he develops into an his a his a game, he's he's going to be a tremendous talent. I would not mind at all if the Cowboys took him. I'm actually rooting for the Cowboys. My Cowboys <laughs> to take him, but um, another, I think another player though we mentioned Jesse Lucetta. Like I, what what a what a steep climb he made in a year. I, I give him a lot of credit because even though he was a starter in 2020, some kids when they get moved to another position, you got to trust the coaches. And some, or some kids will pout, you know, if they're not if they're not you know playing where they were told they were going to play. You just don't know what you're going to get. Man, he had a hell of a year in 2021 and that physical aspect. And also I never knew he was that quick. I mean, he bulked up, he showed a lot of range from the defensive end position, he, extremely violent player too. And that's a guy, he's a guy that's not afraid to mix it up and a guy that can play in a three, four defense or a four, three to me. He's, he seems to me to be a player that bill Belichick would love because stand up outside linebacker that can set the edge and cave in the chest of the offensive tackle if they're trying to run in your direction. He's just, a, uh, I think, a fascinating player. Yeah, I think he made the biggest jump in 2021, and I'm really glad he had a good senior bowl. There have been other guys that nobody really thought much of. Nick Scott, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's a guy. Where was he drafted? Seventh round? I didn't remember. I mean, where, where seventh round pick of the Rams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And spent some of his time on the special teams, I believe, early this year. But, I mean, I don't know that he was doing a heck of a lot else with the Rams until midway right. in the season when they started playing him. Is that right? His role expanded. They had a couple players. Taylor Rapp, I think, was one of them, got hurt. And so they had to play him. And the more they played him, the more they liked him. And he just was hard to get out of the lineup. There's many more of these guys than the opposite with Penn State yeah. players. And that's what, what tends to piss off the uh, rank-and-file fans. Here's, here's another example. Where was Jack Crawford drafted? And he's been around the league forever now. Where was he, he drafted? Was, I, know, I know he was drafted. I'm trying to remember. He's, he, he played in the league a long time. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who originally drafted him, though. I think he was mid to late rounds. But he was, yeah. He was one of those he's basketball player prospects, much like he's, uh, Odafe. He's still hanging around, isn't he? And he's still out there somewhere. His last year at Penn State, he would, I mean, he would, he's got to be in his early to mid 30s. I could check, but. He's 33. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. still played with the Raiders this year, right? Yeah. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Well, we, we haven't really talked about the all-time, I think the all, since I've been on the beat, the all-time Penn State guy who at the league just took it to a next level. But it took him some time, spent some time in the CFL. Cameron Wake, he played outside linebacker at Penn State and then worked himself into a defensive end. Spent some time in the CFL, was undrafted. I think he was undrafted. I think, I think of course, he and the Giants signed him, but he didn't make the team. But he turned into a Pro Bowl player, and he made a lot of money in the NFL, a lot of money. But he was a guy that he was just not in the right position at Penn State. And he, as he got bigger and stronger, man, he turned into a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah. the other position group that I think probably pisses off Penn State fans more than any other is offensive linemen, who somehow guys like Connor McGovern, (laughs) who – weren't all that great in college and somehow have kept hanging around and hanging around in the NFL and become dependable offensive linemen at that level. So how do you explain that? Well, I mean, I thought, remember he started as a true freshman and he came out after three years, but I mean, I thought he was solid at Penn State. I I thought, but I thought by the time he got into his third year, I, I thought maybe he might be a you know, he could be like a first team all big 10 player, but he, he was just, I think he was, he's from the Scranton area. He's with the Cowboys still hasn't won a starting job there. He's a contender to start this year, but I think he was just kind of, he got hurt as a rookie. And I think that sent him back. It was, so it was him, Michael Mennett, who started a lot of football and played a lot of football at Penn state. And even a guy like of all of them, Ryan Bates, uh, undrafted signed with the Eagles. The Eagles traded him to the bills for a pass rusher that never panned out after his first training camp, and now he, start, he was starting for the Bills at the end of the year. How about and that? Minutes, minutes with the Packers, and he's with the Bills, correct, now? 
Yeah, I think Manning was drafted late by the Cardinals. Then he signed with somebody else. And then, yeah, the last I heard, I think he's with the on the Packers, uh, the Packers practice team. Man, it was a five-star. I think Bates was a four-star, and I think McGovern was a four-star. Yeah, so all these guys played together at one point or another, and yet yep. Penn State never really – you couldn't really say that Penn State ever had an all-star offensive line, and yet all these guys are contributors in the NFL. Do you have another position group where, where this sort of thing is true? Can you can you truly develop <clears> – <throat> excuse me – into – uh, a really good pro offensive lineman in the offense they ran at Penn State. There you the go. And what is it? Can you can you really do that? What is it? That's the that's the whole thing. I got back to what Steve Bench was talking to me about. If you don't know your identity as an offense, then your offensive linemen really are adrift. They don't know who they are, and I don't think this offense it, it, it has hopscotched from one philosophy to another to another. The only time you really knew who they were was uh, in 16 and 17 with Joe Moorhead. Then you knew who they were. Had help having McSorley and Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at least you knew who they were. They were the mad bombers. Yeah. They were going to keep taking pops downfield and try to hit big plays. And they did. But since then, since Moorhead's left, what are they? What's their personality? They really don't hang their hat on anything. And – I don't know how you can develop offensive linemen if you don't know what your own personality is offensively. That's my point. Yeah, and we got we have another uh, test case coming up at the combine. Rasheed Walker, who he could have yeah. came back to home state, but you know he's a guy. I saw some reports on him. They like his, they, they like some things about him. They think he's a draftable player, but they think that he might be better suited to playing either right tackle or guard in the NFL, which to me would be interesting to see because he's such a large human being. I don't know how that would really? go. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. I thought he'd be another Donovan Smith. Well, I mean, if you if you can't pass block those speed rushers, they gotta kick you inside. You can't handle some of those freaks coming off the edge, the Bosa's and Khalil Mack, even Micah Parsons to Marcus Lawrence. If you can't handle them, uh, you can't play tackle, especially left tackle. So we'll see. But I mean that's another guy that he was he was that that class. I, I think he was in Rashid was in the 2018 class, but he was way up there. I think on the charts, they had the f- three five stars, but I think, I think Rashid was like right b- right below those guys in terms of, of rankings. And Dave, you know, I, I thought he had some really good moments in 2019, but um, 2020 and 2021, I don't think really turned out the way he had hoped for sure. So I don't think he's going to get any better at Penn State. So he said, "I'm, I'm coming out." He's certainly be- built like a tackle. If this pattern holds, what I'm saying is he yeah. becomes better at pass blocking. He becomes better against speed rushers. And then if that happens again, this is what pisses off the rank and file. Right. Yeah. They don't see it in college, and then all of a sudden it pops up in the pros. I do think, uh, you know, when, when you have this, when you, if, you got, if, you're, if you're a team that has, you know, nine, ten guys drafted and, you know, a couple – either our late first round or four or five guys go in the first, you know, 75 picks, and you lose six of your last eight, you lose at home on homecoming to Illinois, it's not a great look. Uh, it's, it's not a great look, and I, I wonder. We haven't even talked about Jaquan Brisker, who it might be the highest rated safety going into the combine after Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, who a lot of people might think might be a top five, six, seven pick. 
And Brisker has shown, if nothing else, that he that he's tough. You wonder how durable he'd be at that level. Um, he's fearless, certainly. But how how what would you what would you do if you're a GM with Brisker? It's been knowing what you know. And he's he's been uh, in and out of the lineup during games and keeps coming back and coming yeah. coming back. But he getting beat up. I mean, the Iowa game was a perfect yeah. example. I mean, he just put himself in the way. Who did who did flatten him? Was it Linderbaum? I can't remember. It was somebody much bigger than he was because he's fearless. Yeah. I, I I think the NFL is aware that, and also impressed the fact that he gutted out that regular season because he was clearly in pain almost literally from the beginning of the season. The medical is going to tell the tale. Is it, is it an injury that you can bounce back from? Is it an injury that could be, you know, problematic in his career? If, if it's not, I mean, if he's, if he checks out medically, he could be a first round player. He's that good. Now I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, this program on the plus side has had a history of producing guys who kind of come out of nowhere and, and get jobs in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. Danny Chisena is a perfect example of a guy who really didn't play that much at Penn State, uh, dabbled in track. Well, he's a pretty good track, track star, but then got a job as a gunner. And, uh, is it, was he still with the, uh, Vikings last season or not? Was he still active? You always stick up for those Downingtown guys. I admire you, Dave. Love, <laughs> your love for Downingtown knows no I just bounds. Know his, I yeah. just know his history, knowing um, yeah. knowing Chris Angeline, who was, uh, uh, you know, his, his kid was used to work out with Danny. And I know what he went through to get that shot. And it's yeah. impressive stuff. So if there, if there was uh, – there's been a couple <laughs> other guys like that in Penn State history who – who got jobs in the league? Maybe they didn't play more than two or three years. But if you if if you had a candidate for that out of this group, who would it be? Uh, well, you, I think one of the guys you're you're thinking of is Ethan Kilmer. Yes, who was a key player on the 2005 team. Played wide out, was a fantastic gunner, and he I think he actually was drafted, but he and he played a couple of years in the league. But just a, a a player who would play fast and physical, and he could he could actually you could put him on offense if he needed to. He wasn't just a special teams player. Uh, this year, you know what? I mean, it's 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 not really comparable, but I think I do think Jordan Stout will get drafted. Like he's not going to be. I don't think he'll be a priority free agent. I think he can impact the game enough that he's worth spending a draft pick on, uh, and it might even be before the seventh round. I just think when you can eliminate the other team's return game as a punter, and you can kick the ball, you know, through the end zone and essentially eliminate the, the return game. And you can be like an emergency field goal kicker at the very least. I don't know how you wouldn't want to draft. I, I would make that a priority. Not because when you go into free agency, it's it's the wild wild west. I mean, you you you're not necessarily going to get the player you want. I think Jordan Stout, though. Um, you know, I think Blake Gilligan is now the is, is now the uh, Saints punter, and I think that Jordan Stout has can be an even bigger weapon bigger weapon than Blake Gilligan. So I still wonder about Virginia Tech. Not, not giving him a scholarship. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Yeah, I think he's a guy that could really get drafted and really help a team. Arnold Ebiketti. Oh, boy, did I, I he was so fun to watch. He's a guy that had a great year, and he just missed, Dave, a handful of other splash plays that would even improve his resume. But I just thought that would have altered games. I mean, he was really yeah. close on a couple. I really was impressed. Just a, a very good guy to talk to. You know, one of those guys, not yes or no answers. You ask him a question, he'll give you an answer. But, man, 
Owe goes in the first round. Tony is a first-team All-Big Ten player. And they somehow managed to find this guy uh, from Temple. And he played better than both of them combined. I mean, he was he was fantastic. I think the team that gets him, he's a guy that well, I think he's probably going to be an early second-round pick. If, if it's worth anything in the, the verbal part of the combine where they, they talk to kids, Boy, you can not find a more impressive guy than that. He's going to be like Jason Jason Cabinda, or one of those yeah. guys. I mean, he 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 might get a better draft simply because he's he's really fun to talk to and an upbeat personality, and kind of a can do sort of personality. You see, you see in him what you saw when he came from Temple. He knew he could do what he could do. Uh, nobody knew it until they saw it. But when you when you hear him talk. You hear of a guy, you, you hear the voice of a guy who believes, who has self-belief. And that can't hurt him. No. I'm really curious to see him run a 40 because, you see, you always saw the short area speed with him. But he, he looks he just looks like a fantastic athlete. And uh, he's probably a long strider. But I'm curious to see what he runs because I just think he's a guy that, boy, he's. I think he can play in the NFL for a long time. I think the team that gets him, immediate impact guy, anyone who can rush the passer and also – you know, he can, he actually made some plays uh, in the running game. I think he'll only get better. You're right, though. I I really like him, too, and he's a guy I, I, I really hope has a good combine. I hope all these guys come back to Penn State Pro Day in a couple of weeks because uh, a lot of them we didn't really get a chance to see in the bowl game. Uh, they, they wisely opted out of that fiasco. Uh, and I, I'm just anxious to see them. I'll be looking forward to seeing all of them at the combine, and we'll see. We'll see how much they're talking about Penn State, Dave, after this combine. But just remember, man, it's a when you have that many guys drafted, and a lot of them are going to go high. It just it's not necessarily the greatest look for for the coaching staff when they finish the season uh, seven and. Six. Why you always have to be negative? You negative. It's always, always negative. negative. Always yeah, with we'll the see. negative. When's the last time you ran a forty? I don't know how many yards I would get into my forty. <laughs> Both hamstrings pulled, and like my, one of my Achilles, like did that thing where it went zing off like the back of my leg. Honestly, I don't know if I can run 15 yards right now. When's the last time you ran a 40? Anything like 40? A race against Never. somebody? How? When's the last no. time? Pursuit from the law, maybe after two o'clock, <laughs> emerging from a bar. I can when I'm scared. I can run surprisingly fast, but never, never hand timed. I was never hand timed. Dave, how about you? Well, I I can I can tell you the last time I really tried, and that's when Nick was twelve, and I <laughs> I raced him in a gym, which was probably about yeah, it could have been about a hundred hundred and twenty feet, yeah, and it was all I could do. I thought to beat him, but we still argue about that. He also wrestled me to a draw when he was like thirteen the next year, and that's when. He <laughs> He didn't wrestle me to draw. He pinned me when he was 13. He was involved in wrestling for a year. Yeah, and that's what I knew. That's That was my... There's uh, always that moment when, when the young son surpasses that the dad was, that on, was the, my, uh, that was on the my, athletic strength yeah, scale, and it's, it's was, a little humbling, isn't it? That was my Bull Machem moment. Oh, Robert <laughs> Duvall, you son of a gun. You went Robert Duvall on me. I didn't bounce the basketball off the back of his you head. Sports right? some? You want to sport some? Go ahead and sport some. <laughs> I knew. I knew I'd been had at that point, yeah. And I did pull a groin muscle in that. Right? <laughs> this is the St. Joe's gym here in Downingtown. Yeah, it was bad. Very bad. 
All right, we're going to wrap up this edition, this combine edition of the Blue White Breakdown podcast. He's Dave Jones. I'm Bob Flounders. We will talk to you guys next week, hopefully after the combine, or right when the combine's wrapping up, and we'll have some very deep thoughts. Dave's also at some point going to give us some NCAA basketball picks, but it's a little too early for that. So just something to look forward to now that we're in March, people. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Live.